right, all right, all right. Day 156. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so day 156, we're in the last uh, few chapters, the last um, portion of First Chronicles. Now, remember, we were talking about David and we're in this section called David's Highlight Reel, right? So David is being, the spotlight is put on him and how he lived before the exile and before God's people were sent away from the land. So we're still dealing with these provisions that David made for the temple. Remember, this book is written to a community of Israelites that have now become Jews that have come back from exile, right? They've come back into the land. They need deep instruction and reminders on how God should be worshiped on everybody's role, right? Like on um, how, what the ideal king that prepared the way for the Messiah, like what he would look like, all of that stuff. So chapter 25 starts off and it talks about the individuals that were to provide music, right? Music for the temple. Now, the people that work for the temple were Levites, right? They were from the line of Levi. And it's interesting because, um, you know, uh, David, this was David's attempt, right, to institute this formalized and organized structure for worship in Israel. One of the things that um, is innate to our nature as human beings is worship. I think it was uh, uh, this rapper, this artist, Christian artist named KB, who said that um, the question is never, will we worship? The question is always, who? And so the chronicler is presenting to those in this community how things are to be in detail. And most and most likely he wanted them <clears throat> to imitate uh, what David did before the exile, after the exile, because he wants them to have this continuity, right? This continuity he wants to present between David's kingdom and the kingdom that the Lord was still uh, restoring and reestablishing through this community. Um, it's interesting that, uh, you know, in the Torah, there's nothing about music necessarily uh, being instituted. But here we see David adding this in to Israel's uh, line of worship. And um, the prophets affirm this as well. But it's also amazing, too, when you turn to the New Testament uh, in Ephesians, Paul says uh, we should make music to the Lord with our hearts. Right. So there's this aspect of uh, something about uh, music and worship to go hand in hand. Twenty six. The next chapter starts off speaking of the gatekeepers for the temple. Now, these chapters are very much uh, very detail oriented. So you see that the art, the uh, author of um, Chronicles really wanted to drive these things into the minds of the hearers. Right. And so you have these gatekeepers and they generally um, are have been regarded by commentators as these cultic officials. Right. Cult. In, in those days didn't mean uh, anything derogatory like it, it may uh, have carry that connotation now but cult in that society meant uh, worship it just meant uh, Israel's worship so the cultic life of Israel was the worship life of Israel right and so these officials um, were, were those who uh, had this type of governance of the premises uh, they were the ones who safeguarded the sanctuary from unauthorized personnel from defilement from idolatry and they administered temple revenue, right? It's equipment and it's paraphernalia. And what is, what's interesting about this is, um, you know, God always breaks the secular and sacred divide, right? That even in doing something as simple as sitting in front of the temple, uh, something as seemingly mundane, right? That is an important 
world, right? That is not something that seems super spiritual, but it is spiritual, right? You, they served God just as much as the Levites and the priests and the kings, right? They had a role in the kingdom of God. And I think we need to remember today that everybody has a role from the baker to the candlestick maker, as they used to say, like everybody has this role in the kingdom and the kingdom in the kingdom flourishes when everybody knows their role and plays their part. And so, um, this detail uh, is showing us just the care and precision that the chronicler had for the temple and the uh, significance of the temple for that community. The thread continues in chapter 27. He moves from um, the temple and tells of the military and civil officials uh, who aided in the flourishing uh, of the kingdom as well. They needed leaders on every level. So he's going to go in and talk about these military leaders, uh, their roles, their duties, their responsibility in the kingdom uh, and in the community that came back from exile. 28, chapter 28, we're told of a speech that was given by David David to Solomon, which is the second of three. He gives it both to all of Israel and Solomon as well. And it's the public, hear this, the public commissioning of his son before everybody, right? It's the commission for Solomon to build the temple. And I, what I love about what David does is that he looks backward and forward. And the main subject of all of the verbs he uses right is god himself right the one who should inform how we view history in the past and what should come in the future is god right he says the god of israel chose me out of my father's family he says god chose judah as a leader he he from the house of judah he chose my father's family and out of all my sons he chose solomon and how god would set his throne over like all god right and once again history it's theological and theology is historical. That's one of the main things I said on the first day of uh, First Chronicles. Um, history is theological and theology is historical. This God we study and, and, and seek to learn about acted in actual history. As we look back at history, we see him as the main actor. And what David says, essentially, he's saying all this to say, yo, I'm letting you know all of these things um, so that you may hope in him. Uh, John O, who is actually not with us today, obviously, um, often says that, uh, you know, tragedy doesn't um, doesn't break people, but hopelessness does. Right. Tragedy doesn't break people, but hopelessness does. And what David is, is, uh, is uh, bringing up here is that um, as long as there are a God, there is a God in heaven. God's people can have hope he grows he goes across redemptive history and the one person who is present and active in every uh era is god himself and this is um who this community should have their ultimate hope in even in the midst of humble beginnings uh as they had and as you can read about in ezra and nehemiah and the same is true for us regardless of where we are um, our hope can be fixed because our hope is firm in the one who is in heaven 29 last chapter book ends off with David himself and others in Israel willingly giving of what they have for the building of the temple, right? This parallels the willing giving for the funding of the tabernacle in the book of Exodus um, and the giving that Paul calls uh, Christians to have in first Corinthians. So you see the continuity all throughout history, right? This willingness to give for the worship uh, of, of God in community uh, is, is, is consistent throughout redemptive history. And the text says that they rejoice. Right. This is no, no, no. They gave to the worship of God and they rejoiced. Right. 
And I think we we, we don't believe that. We, we don't believe that there's this strong correlation between our own generosity and our own joy, right? Jesus will say it. It's quoted in Acts. He'll say, "Um, blessed, more blessed it is to give than to receive. David shows this here. And from there, David goes on to praise God for the work he has done and the work he is going to do. And this is at the end of his life, right? Right before uh, the throne is passed down to Solomon. And then he offers this prayer of praise. And it's the climax of David's reign. It's so interesting, too, because this prayer is only recorded here. It isn't found in Second Samuel, which narrates David's life as well. So it is obvious that the chronicler uh, wanted this community to know that God is sovereign. He's in control over all of creation. He is big and he's majestic. He is the sole provider for all of their needs. David says, even the wealth we provided for the temple, God, is really actually from you, Lord. Um, and this God is concerned, fam, with who we are from the inside out. He is the tester of hearts and that for them to flourish as a community. Uh, what's said here is that um, these things need not just be remembered, but they need to be believe the same thing goes for us today let's pray father we ask that um we will believe all the good things we tend to proclaim about you and who you are and what you've done father i pray that they wouldn't just be words we speak but truths we cling tight to father i pray that our hope would be in you even when life seems shaky we i pray that we would remember that our hope in you uh, can still stand firm it's in jesus name we pray.